Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8. As we continue with our Sunday school series of the miracles of Christ, that we understand that Jesus had done so many miracles. So many that the gospel record of John records that if we were to write down everything that Jesus did during that earthly ministry, there wouldn't be enough books to contain everything that happened. And so the idea that God had specifically chose 35 specific miracles of Christ to record, we understand that each of these miracles were put down for a reason. There is a reason, something that God is trying to get across with each one of these miracles. And so when we study the miracles, they're not here for our amazement, for our awes. They're there to teach us something about God and how God works, about trusting in Him, about what God has planned and designed for us. And so when we study these miracles, it's important to have that in the back of our mind. As we come now to another miracle, we find in the gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8. The gospel record of Luke chapter 8. And notice if you don't mind, starting at verse number 22. The gospel record of Luke chapter 8. And in verse 22, notice what the word of God says. Now it came to pass on a certain day, he, that's Jesus, went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master! We perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8? The Gospel record of Luke chapter 8. Notice with me in verse 25 the phrase, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And as we see this passage here, we're going to put an emphasis here as Christ asked this question at the end of this, Where is your faith? So we have this question that we want to ask everyone. Where is your faith? It's something that he gave to his disciples. And it's a question we have to apply to our own lives. Where is your faith? Now this question is so important because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please Him. 
without faith. So when Jesus is asking the question, where is your faith? He's asking the question, where is this one thing that pleases God? This faith, this trust in whom God is. And their faith is tested in a situation where they are pressed out of measure when they have nothing to do. Where is your faith? So if you don't mind, I'd like to take the gospel record of Luke chapter number 8. And I'd like to take this story here and show you a couple of things leading up to this question. Where is your faith? The first thing I'd like to show you is the sailors. The sailors. Now, let's pick it up at the very beginning in verse 22. Now, it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Now, there's this saying in verse number 22, which is so important. Let us launch forth and go to the other side of the lake. Now, when Jesus says you're going to the other side, guess where you're going? You're going to the other side. Because what is faith, by the way? It's taking Jesus at his word. Jesus said, we're going to the other side, boys. And so no matter what happens, they should understand they're going to the other side. But somewhere along the way, the circumstances came and they got their eyes off the Lord and on the circumstances. And when they looked at the circumstances, they were overwhelming. If they just kept their eyes on the Lord and took God at his word, they would have understood that it doesn't matter how bad the storm rages, they're going to the other side. But as we describe the scenario here, we have to start off with the sailors. Most of the disciples were fishermen by trade. And not just fishermen by trade, they were fishermen on this same sea, the Sea of Galilee. That we know that Peter, uh, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen. They were all business partners on this lake. That was their professional job. And so we're not talking about someone who's going on an amusement park ride for the very first time and are frightened. These are seasoned people whose job it was. They understood the perils of the Sea of Galilee. They have sailed through it before. They were professional sailors. They knew what they were doing. And yet when the storm came, they did everything they could. And it still wasn't working. It wasn't like they didn't know what to do. They did everything they knew what to do. And yet the storm was too much. The Sea of Galilee, how it is set up, is that it's almost in a valley and they have the hills that surround it. And it's nothing for these hills or for storms to roll over the hills and go into the Sea of Galilee. It's a very tumultuous area here. And so they're, again, they're used to storms and they're used to knowing what happens. The storm is coming. Let's lower the sail. Let's drop this anchor. Let's put this over here. Let's do this. Let's batten this hatch over here. They knew what to do. And yet the storm was more than they could handle. They finally got to the place where in verse number 23. But as they sail forth he fell asleep. And they came down on a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water in jeopardy. And so they did everything they could. <laughs> They're ready to perish. They're waking up Jesus and said we're going to perish. We're going to die. And you understand there's many times in our life that we will go through things. The problem with our life is that most of the time we got things handled. 
We know how to drive the car. We know how to get to this place. We know how to do this. And we get to a routine. We know how to handle things. We know how to get things. Oh, but those storms will rage in from time to time. And they'll knock us off course. They'll knock us off balance. They'll knock us off where we finally get to the place where we say, I don't know what to do. And oftentimes we get to the place where we panic. We get emotional. We get crazy. We make crazy decisions. Even if you feel like you knew what to do, there are times that even in your normal routine are going to knock you off. How do you respond? Where is your faith? We also come and observe something else in the sea. Not only the sailors, but we also look at the ship. The ship. Now the ship was seaworthy. It wasn't like a, a, a bucket that had holes in it. It wasn't something that was falling apart. It was a seaworthy vessel. It was tried and true. It was able to float. It wasn't a matter whether the storm or the ship will make it through the storm. What did matter was who was on the ship that mattered. It wasn't the ship that was the important thing. It wasn't going down because the master of the sea was on board. Sometimes we worry about <laughs> the world that we live in. And we say it's falling apart. We can't do anything about it. We'd plug in all the holes. But again, we've got the eyes on the circumstances and we need to get our eyes above it and look at the God of the circumstances and realize that he's got everything well in hand. Which brings us to the storm. Now the storm was powerful because these men could handle about everything else. Again, they're experienced sailors. But notice what it said about this in verse 23. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. Now, for those of you who maybe have just a tiny bit of sailing experience or more, water on a ship is not a good thing. And the more water that you have, the more of a bad thing it is. My br brother and I, uh, lived out in the country for a long time, and we had a um, a man that we uh, rode horses for. We uh, rodeoed and broke horses and trained them. And uh, when we had had time for a break, there was a nice uh, pond out in the back. Now we didn't have a ship out there, so what we did is we improvise. And there happened to be an old steel bathtub that was out there. And uh, our big thing was that we would try to find different things to plug that hole in. So, you know, we tried rags and we tried different things to plug in that hole. And, you know, we'd get pretty good about getting out there and sailing and, and getting a little bathtub and paddling. And just one of those weird things you got in the country, you just do whatever you got. And we go out, but oh, as soon as that, whatever was holding it in, whether it was mud, I think there was a time that we put rags in there and then we put mud and just kind of packed it in. Soon as that hole started going and filling with water, there was one outcome that was going to happen, and that thing was going to go down. Then we would have to go drag it back to shore and, and get that. And bathtubs are heavy when they're full of water, trying to drag them through. And they don't drain quick when it's just that hole there, but when it starts filling up, you know you're in trouble. So here's these experienced sailors watching the water come over. And watching the water come over more. And watch it come over. And they know the boat is ready to go under. 
There is so much water. And they're panicking and they're bailing. They got 12 of them and they're got some of them bailing. And Judas, you don't do anything else. But here, why don't you bail? And the rest of them are trying to bat down the hat. They're trying to do everything they can. Everyone's busy. And they're panicking and they're looking and they're wet. Everything is bad. They knew how bad their situation was. This storm was too much. But again, they had forgotten the one thing Jesus said at the beginning. Boys, we're going to the other side. And Jesus asked him after this. You know, when he rebukes the, the storm. And by the way, all it took was a rebuke. He rebuked it. And the storm was calm. He looked at them and what did he say? Where is your faith? Why is he saying that? Because their eyes had gotten off the Lord and what God had told them to do. And instead they got their eyes on the circumstances. And that's exactly where we have the most problem. When the storms come, we look at how the circumstances are. We get our eyes off the Lord and the storm looks so big and so overwhelming and so debilitating. And there's no way out. And we panic because we don't have our eyes on the Lord. Where is your faith. Christ has no problems to rebuke the wind and the waves. Christ has no problem. He is the master over everything. He has all the power. Where is your faith? Where is your eyes? Where is your attention? By the way, let's define faith. We know in Hebrews chapter 11, it is called the hall of faith, but it describes faith. It says by faith and then has an action. We learn from that passage that all faith has an action. All faith has an action. But the definition of faith is in the next chapter, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Here's the definition of faith. Looking unto Jesus. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Looking unto Jesus. And so where are you looking? If you're in a storm, things are overwhelming. Where are you looking? Finances are crumbling around you. I don't know how I'm going to pay this. Where are you looking? A medical problem and all you could see is the pain. Where are you looking? Job situation isn't working fine. Where are you looking? The people around you hate you. Where are you looking? What is the definition of faith? Looking unto Jesus. Trusting in his word. If he says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. One of my favorite ideas in the Bible was the Apostle Paul. Remember that the Apostle Paul went to a city called Lystra. And inside of the city of Lystra, he preached the gospel. And they didn't like his message, so they dragged him outside and they took rocks and they rocked him to sleep. They stoned him to death. And by the way, that's a painful experience. If someone took some rocks at you and chucked them at you, you're going to have some broken bones. There's going to be some lacerations. There's going to be some damage done, including death. But you know what God did? God raised him back up and said, Paul, I'm not done with you. And he got back up, healed, and went right back into the city. And sometimes people say, what made Paul so bold? <laughs> Because the idea, he knew that God wasn't going to let him die until God's done with him. So, you go ahead and do your worst. I didn't say that it didn't hurt. I mean, he got beaten, he got bashed, he got lacerated, got put in prison. 
But, hey, you can't kill me until God's not going to let me die until he's done with me. So I'm going to the other side. I'm going to keep going no matter what you guys do, no matter how bad the storm is. It's always fascinated me in my mind that, <laughs> all right, God's already just made it clear. I'm not going to die. I'm going to keep going forward. He had his eyes on the Lord. He trusted him. The rest of the storm, they could be trying to kill him, but it's not going to happen until God's done with me. That's kind of what Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples. We're going to the other side. It's going to happen. Trust me. Trust me. Look at me. But you don't know how bad the storm is. That brings us to the last thing. It doesn't matter how bad the storm is. It matters what a savior he is. We see the savior. Here is a thought here. What woke Jesus up? Was it the storm? Not at all. You know what woke up those people uh, woke up Jesus? The unbelief. Unbelief is what woke Jesus up. He was calm asleep. But their unbelief woke him up. Don't you know we're going to perish? He'd been sleeping like a baby in the storm, tossing to and fro, the wind howling, the people yelling. He's asleep the whole time because the storm didn't bother him. It was the unbelief. The unbelief. And it was nothing for him to get up and say, winds, see, be still. And it wasn't like, you know, the storm clouds just eventually evaporated. Everything immediately was still. Calm waters, crystal clear, sky cleared up. And the disciples went, whoa. And then after that, Jesus looks at them. I can almost imagine. Now, you know, I'm not trying to be irreverent, but I'm relating him to a parent, all right? So a parent sleeping and the kid wakes up and says, there's a storm going on. The parent looks up, no tornado siren. <laughs> Go back to bed. Why'd you wake me up? You woke me up for this? Uh, you know, <laughs> that's how I'm imagining my mind. Jesus says, calm, be still. Why'd you wake me up? Where's your faith? Everything was all right. And... Notice what their response is to this. It says in verse 25, And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid. What are they afraid of here in verse 25? It's not the storm. It's Christ. They went, wow. He's bigger than a storm. He, they realized how big Christ was was. And it made him go, wow. Wow. How big is God to you? How big is he to you? Does he still make you go, wow? Is he that big of a God? You understand that God is bigger than anything you'll ever face. You could put that thing that you're facing in front of you and it could look so big, right? If I put my hand here in front of my eyes, it looks so big. But if I look beyond it, it looks so small. Where is your faith? Where are you putting your attention on? What are you looking at? When you realize that God is bigger than anyone at work. God is bigger than the bully at school. God is bigger than the finances that you're trying to swim out of. God is bigger. We should be afraid of him. And an idea that God can do this. He's bigger than the storm. He's bigger than anything we could face. Where is your faith? It is not the storms that matter, it is the Christ that matters. 
Where is your faith? What are you looking at? When God says you're going to the other side, guess where you're going? To the other side. No matter what the storm tries to do. When God says, I want you to do this, go do that. And no matter what obstacles come in, where's your faith? Trusting in him, looking at him, knowing that he knows what he's doing. He's that great of a God. You have the principle here, stay where Christ is at. You know, in a different passage, it says that there were other ships, the other little ships. You know what made a difference between those other ships and this ship? Jesus was on this ship. This ship was not going to sink because Jesus is on it. Stay close to where Jesus is at. That's the safest part. When you fly, they tell you as uh, some advice that, you know, when you hit turbulence, what you're supposed to do is look at the stewardess or the steward eyes or whatever they call the boys there. And what you're supposed to do is watch them. Now, if you hit some turbulence and it starts going up and down, and if they're still smiling and serving drinks and going on, you know everything's all right. But when you hit some turbulence and things start to shake, and they're running to grab their seatbelts, you know you're in trouble. For us, we just look up at heaven. And as long as Jesus is sitting on the throne, we know everything's all right. Jesus is not up on the throne going, oh man, what am I going to do? He's not wringing his hands. He's not pacing and said, how am I going to get out of this? He's sitting on the throne. Oh, everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house. In my father's house. Everything's all right in my father's house. There will be joy, joy, joy. When Jesus says, where is your faith? What he's trying to get across is, where's your eyes? Where are you looking? What are you putting your attention on? Jesus is bigger than any storm. Where is your faith? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.